With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Profit Podcast. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long. With your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. How is it going this this October 25th, Monday night? we got Monday Night Football in a few minutes here where I am, so I'm going to speed through this one. I'm not going to talk about every single stud and dud or a big player from the weekend. I'm going to talk about, once again, the players who were asked about, where people want to know what are we doing with this player. Because at the end of the day, here we are. Week week seven is finished up, basically. We have enough of a sample size that a ton of players, it's common sense. You know, uh, Jalen Hurts, do we have to talk too much about him? Bad example, because we're going to, but, but uh, Kyler Murray, do we have to talk? No, we don't have to talk about how he did well. We all know it. We all know what to do with these players. So we want to talk about the, really the storyline players. Now, big storyline from this week was Cincinnati and Baltimore. Jamar Chase, oh my goodness, you are absolutely unreal. I can't believe so many people doubted Jamar Chase heading into this season. So many people were calling him a bust in preseason because he couldn't catch. And now he's on track to have basically the greatest rookie receiving season of all time. He has 758 yards through seven weeks. He has a whole slew of touchdowns. Yesterday, he had 201 yards and a score. He looks insane. He catches everything. In PPR leagues, he's now the number three wide receiver on the season. He's got the Jets coming up. Oh, boy. And then a banged-up Cleveland. And then a bye week. Jamar Chase, are we standing in the flames? Are we believers? Are we sold that he's, you know, a top-five receiver rest away? Yeah, I'm sold. You know why? Because he looks, looks absolutely amazing. He is torching defenders. He is making whole defenses look silly. And he is single-handedly helping Joe Burrow elevate into a franchise guy. And with Jamar Chase there in this offense, the Cincinnati Bengals offense, it is clicking on all cylinders. The running game is doing well. The other receivers, you know, Zama, the tight end position, they're getting separation. And Joe Burrow is now becoming a consistent fantasy option. Now this week against the Jets, we can start him, of course, temper expectations because no one really throws a ton on the Jets. They usually you know, pull their starters. But anyways, I'm still starting him. But Jamar Chase is the real deal 100%. 100% Jamar Chase is the real deal, and there's no reason to say he's going to slow down. I would try to trade for Jamar Chase still. I talked about like four weeks ago, trading Jamar Chase. I said, it doesn't really matter. You know, most people say buy low. I'm saying just buy Jamar Chase at whatever price he is because things are going to continue to get better. And we're seeing that happen. Things are continuing to get better for Jamar Chase. So see if your owner thinks he can sell high on Jamar Chase and try to buy him because he is going to be heavily owned on championship-winning rosters this season. Now, don't throw everything you've got at him, but if you have Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, send that trade over. Send that trade. Terry McLaurin and Gibson for Jamar Chase, 
do that. T. Higgins, he is, you know, hard to start, but he is also a great receiver, so I want to mention him. Now, Baltimore, they got killed by Cincinnati. Who are the players we really need to talk about? Lamar Jackson, we got to keep starting because he's great and he has such a high floor. It's been, you know, he, he even did well against Cincinnati this week. He gets a bye week, which is great for this team. This team will finally get a little bit of rest, try to get healthy. Marquis Hollywood Brown is continuing to produce 80 yards and a touchdown. He is a must start rest of season, pretty much. And Rashad Bateman is being interesting too. Three for 80 yards, 11 fantasy points, gets the bye, Minnesota, Miami, Chicago. Uh, he's he's not really someone I'm starting yet, but he's someone that is definitely should be rostered in every league. And, you know, we're going to get to a point pretty soon where you might be flexing him with all the injuries that are going around. All righty. Now, Washington, Green Bay. We don't really have to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We don't have to talk about Adams or anyone. We got to talk, though, about Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is someone I talked about. I said, trade Terry McLaurin. Try to sell him high after this game against Green Bay. Talking about Green Bay's secondary is banged up. Terry McLaurin should have a great game. That happened. That came to fruition. Terry McLaurin is a top 10 receiver, but I want someone who is more reliable than Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin himself in a vacuum, extremely reliable, great, consistent player. The offense he's on is not, though. And I do not like relying on the Washington football team, especially as we head into the back half of this fantasy season. Will he be good? Rest of season? Yes, I believe so. He got some easy matchups. You know, he's he's good enough that even if the, the Washington football team is bad, he's, he puts things together and usually has good games. But if I have Terry McLaurin, I am trying to trade him for someone in just a little more reliable of an offense, someone like CeeDee Lamb, someone like Jamar Chase, someone like Justin Jefferson, just someone linked to a better team and a better quarterback. If you can't do this, it's not the end of the world. He's still going to be good for you. But I'm trying to flip my wide receiver one for a wide receiver one, similar caliber, just linked to a better quarterback. Antonio Gibson should not be playing right now. Why won't Washington shut him down? He should not be playing. He is so clearly not healthy. Go back and watch this game. So many plays where Gibson starts running, he has a big hole, and he just can't can't run. He falls down. This isn't the Antonio Gibson we know and love. This is an injured Antonio Gibson fighting through a ton of pain. And it's evident when he runs. He's not a player who gets a big hole and falls down and trips, you know, three times in a game. That's not what Antonio Gibson is. The fact that he's out there playing is a disgrace. Washington should be embarrassed to be rolling out their young superstar with a fractured shin. He should not be playing. J.D. McKissick is good enough for your crappy team that you should just start him and let Gibson, the future of your team, get healthy. So come on, Washington. Do the right thing and sit Antonio Gibson for one or two weeks. You should have put him on IR. You should have put him on IR and let him rest for three weeks, including the bye. You're only losing him for two weeks, but you get three weeks of rest. You should have done that. They didn't, and we're seeing Gibson struggle in real life and struggle bad. Atlanta, Miami, man, man a man. Tua is a great fantasy option for two weeks in a row. Well, not great, but pretty decent. 
A week six, 21 points. Week seven, 26 points. He gets Buffalo, so I wouldn't really try to chase those this week. But it is good to note that in decent matchups, Tua is a great streaming candidate. So he gets Houston in week nine. Baltimore just got torched, and then he gets Jets and Carolina and Giants and then Jets. So he has some favorable matchups coming up. And Tua, if they don't get Deshaun Watson, Tua is someone who should be streamed in these favorable matchups because he can put up yards and he can put up touchdowns. And, you know, him not having a strong arm or having some weird decision-making doesn't really matter in fantasy if he's getting garbage-time yards and touchdowns. Miles Gaskin. I, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what to say. Oh, gosh. You bring me a lot of pain, Miles Gaskin. I was high on you coming into the season, and you stunk. You put up zero points, and I benched you. Then you follow that up with 31 points. So I started you, and then you put up two points. So I benched you, and then you put up 17. There's no rhyme or reason. So what do we do with Miles Gaskin this week against Buffalo? With Malcolm Brown injured, I am starting Miles Gaskin. It hurts to say. And if he busts again, I have to drop him because I can't deal with it. Because at that point, it will have been benched and great start. Start him and terrible performance. Bench him, great performance. Start him, terrible performance. It will have been four games in a row that he completely tricks fantasy owners. So I'm giving you one chance. One chance, Gibson, or Gaskin. I'm giving you one chance. I'm starting you against Buffalo. It hurts me but I am starting you. Now, I want to say something about Miles Gaskin. People have been asking, what is the running back to target in trades that has good rest of season schedule? Miles Gaskin has some nice matchups. Houston, Jets, Giants, Jets, uh, Saints, Tennessee. Those have been pretty weak rush defenses. So if Miles Gaskin can can get some sort of consistency, some sort of consistent workload, which is impossible to bank on right now, but if he can, he'll be a league winner in those favorable matchups. If he's getting six receptions a game and 15 carries, he will be a league winner. But will he? I have no clue. I have no idea. I'm not even going to begin to try to predict that. You just have to ask yourself, Is it worth it for me to take that gamble and try to acquire Miles Gaskin? In two leagues I'm in, I have said, due to injuries on my other running backs, I've said, yes, it is worth the gamble to me to try to acquire and acquire Miles Gaskin in hopes that this workload becomes consistent and in these favorable matchups, he can blow up. It's up to you if it's worth that bet. I'm betting on it. And it's really unpredictable to me what his workload will become. But if it does become substantial, he'll be great. He will be a league winner. Basically, same sort of situation as we saw with uh, Miles Sanders before he got hurt. So that's what I'm going to say about Miles Gaskin. I bought low on him in two leagues. I am partaking in the bet that Antonio Gibson or Miles Gaskin will get a consistent workload. I don't know what will happen, but I weighed the outcomes. And it was worth me giving up whatever I gave up for him to get the, the, the potential payoff. So think about that. If you are in a league with someone frustrated about Miles Gaskin, which you probably are. 
honestly, it's probably easy to acquire a Gaskin right now because most people with him are so sick of his shenanigans that if any, 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 they're looking for an opportunity to release him. They can't, they feel like they can't start him. They feel like they can't bench him really. And they feel like they can't drop him. So they're probably hoping and praying that someone tries to acquire Gaskin. Jalen Waddle is becoming a very consistent startable wide receiver. He's, he's doing very well. Uh, with Tua, he's been great. Uh, so hopefully that continues because I like Waddle. I think he's a great player. Hopefully Tua can continue to feed him. Cordero Patterson got it done. Not quite as big of a day because, um, well, Kyle Pitts blew up again. 163 yards on seven receptions. Here's another player. This is no means a buy low, but this is kind of like what we talked about with, um, with Jamar Chase a few weeks ago where I said, Stop trying to buy low and buy Jamar Chase because things are great and they're going to get better. I'm going to say the same thing about Kyle Pitts. Things are great. I think they're going to get better. Kyle Pitts is a fantasy cheat code. He is the wide receiver one on a team that has a bad defense and a quarterback very capable of throwing 4,000 yards in a season. He's the wide receiver one here now. It's not even Ridley. It's Kyle Pitts. And you can start him in your tight end spot where everyone else is going to the waivers every week and trying to find someone with a favorable matchup who might stumble into the end zone for a touchdown. It's a fantasy cheat code. And Kyle Pitts was drafted high in most fantasy leagues. And most people are very, you know, not, not excited to trade away Kyle Pitts after he started blowing up. But I'm saying don't try to buy low, buy high, and hope, and in my uh, eyes, believe that things will continue to get higher and higher and higher for Kyle Pitts. I see no reason for this to slow down. Rookies usually get better the second half of the season. So roster Kyle Pitts, even though you're going to have to pay full price. Don't see it as I'm buying him at his peak. See, this is, okay, this is what he will be rest of season. So we're going to buy him at this price and assume that it's going to go even up higher. So that's what I'm going to say about Kyle Pitts. Uh, Calvin Ridley didn't really perform very well. You know, 10 targets, four receptions, got a touchdown. I'm still not super worried about Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to get things together. I, I just do. I think that Kyle Pitts' emergence is going to really help Calvin Ridley in this offense. So try to buy low on him. There's a good chance the people who have, or person, not people, the people who have, the person who has Calvin Ridley in your league is frustrated. So try to get Ridley. You know, send, send Terry McLaurin for Ridley and a running back. That would be a great trade. All right, Jets. Is there anyone on the Jets that I want to own? No. Nope. Not a single person. Anyone on the Patriots I want to own? Not really, except for Damian Harris. Because Damian Harris is a good running back on a pretty decent team. And they seem to trust him on the goal line, even though he's fumbled a few times on the goal line. So Damian Harris, solid RB2, rest away. Giants, Carolina. I don't really want to talk about this game. It'll put me in a bad mood. I'm not going to talk about this game. Wait, no, 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 no. I'll say one thing. I think Carolina will get Deshaun Watson, and I think Deshaun Watson will play for them when he comes to Carolina. And I think that will make DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson go kaboom. So you see this potentially as a little window of opportunity to buy kind of low on those two receivers. I mean, Robbie Anderson's on the waivers. Might as well go put in a, a waiver bid on him. 
you, you can put low priority on Robbie Anderson. No one's chasing him right now in hopes that Deshaun Watson gets traded there in the next couple of weeks. And if he does, Robbie Anderson suddenly has a very high ceiling and a much higher floor than what he is right now. And if he doesn't, drop him. I mean, it's simple. So pick up Robbie Anderson in hopes and in preparation that Deshaun Watson might end up on Carolina. Kansas City got killed. There's nothing really to say. I'm not panicking about anyone in this offense. I'm not panicking about Kelsey. I'm not panicking about Hill. I'm not panicking about the running backs because I wasn't really sold on them. And I'm not panicking on Mahomes. It was a it was a fluke bad game for this offense. They just got boat raced. It's not something that will continue to happen. Buy low on Mahomes if you want, but he's going to bounce back. Tannehill is a good streaming option in favorable matchups. That has been the, the case of the story as long as A.J. Brown's been there. Derrick Henry is a beast, and A.J. Brown is also a beast. When A.J. Brown is healthy, he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Julio is getting healthy. I have a hard time trusting him just because of how, how many soft tissue injuries he's had. Uh, but when he is healthy, I would start him as a flex. Uh, he's not healthy right now, so we're going to have to wait a few weeks to see if he does really become actually healthy. Vegas and Philadelphia. Let's talk for a second about Derek Carr. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I mean. Jalen Hurts. There's only one quarterback who has more points this season than Jalen Hurts, and that's Tom Brady. We're seven weeks into the season, and there's a very strong chance that Jalen Hurts finishes the year as the number one quarterback in fantasy football. And there's an extremely high chance he finishes as top three. And it's pretty much a lock that he finishes as top five. He is a fantasy league winner so far. What is the one thing that can stop Jalen Hurts? It's not a bad play call. It's not a bad offensive line. It's not a lack of weapons. It's still not a lack of running back. There's nothing that can stop Jalen Hurts except for if he stops himself and gets benched. And that seems to be a fear. Here on TikTok, there on Twitter, I've seen on Instagram, I've seen pretty much everywhere. People saying, you know, I'm scared Jalen Hurts is going to get benched. Here's what I'm going to say about it. Because I own Jalen Hurts in basically every league. Except for one where NBA Nations uh, draft sniped me. Draft sniped me. So... Screw you, NBA Nations. Jalen Hurts is not bad enough to get benched. He's not. He's not bad enough to get benched. And if he does get benched, it'll be for one game. Because Gardner Minshew isn't really better. And even if Gardner Minshew were a bit better, he wouldn't be better in this offense. And let me explain why. I went back and watched like four games from the Eagles today. Yeah, I'm dedicated. It was rough. Um, Jalen Hurts is by no means a good quarterback. He's pretty inaccurate, and he makes pretty bad decisions. However, there are bigger problems on the Eagles than Jalen Hurts' flaws. The offensive line has been absolutely atrocious, especially on third downs. My goodness. Seems like every third down, he takes a snap and is immediately sacked or running for his life. So the offensive line is horrendous, and that's not something that uh, well, they just played, traded Flacco, but that's not something that Gardner Minshew would navigate really better than Hurts. The receivers, yeah, they drop the ball a ton. They drop the ball a ton. Now, you can put about half of the blame on Jalen Hurts because, you know, 85% of his passes are a little behind or a little low or a little high. They're, they're not great passes. They're bad passes, but they hit his receiver's hands and then they're consistently dropped. And I understand that, yeah, Jalen Hurts has accuracy issues, but there are a lot of receivers in the league who would catch most of Jalen Hurts' balls. They would. Jalen Hurts has bad receivers right now who drop a lot of things. The Eagles, 
get penalized a ton. That's not something that Gardner Minshew would fix. Their offensive line, every time there's a big play, it gets called back for holding. False start. It's, it's unreal. Go watch again. I think 58 penalties so far this season. Highest in the league. That's just poor coaching. There are big issues in Philadelphia. And Jalen Hurts is not a great passer, but I don't think a lot of players would do much better in this offense than Hurts is. I think Hurts is a product of what's around him. The product around him sucks, and that's making Hurts sucks. Hurts suck. Try saying that fast. But at the end of the day, most medium-level to lower-level quarterbacks would be worse or equal in this offense. It would take a high-caliber quarterback to make this offense much better. Those are the reasons I believe Hurts will not get benched. I don't think benching Hurts would make this offense better. I think it would make it a little bit worse, actually. It might happen in one game. They might put in Minshew, and you'll lose that week if it happens mid-game. But they'll see, oh my gosh, we have so many holes in this offense. Minshew's not making it work. We got to just roll with Hurts and finish this out. So I think Hurts will continue. And once again, he has an insane rest of season schedule after really, well, actually rest of season. He has an insane schedule. So he's someone that I would try to acquire in a trade with the the fear of him getting benched going around. And let's say he is benched. There are good options on the waivers at quarterback position. It's not like like if Derrick Henry got benched. You can find someone else. I'm going to talk about who you find, who you basically handcuff Jalen Hurts with. Handcuff Jalen Hurts with a little guy named Trey Lance. Because Trey Lance started one game, and I saw all I needed to see to believe that he will be a fantasy superstar. I saw him run the ball 16 times, and I fell in love. He looked atrocious in that game. Bad accuracy, bad decision-making, scrambled too early. Looks a lot like Jalen Hurts, actually. Which means he'll be a fantasy superstar if he gets the start. I don't see a reason why the 49ers wouldn't start Trey Lance right now. They're losing with Garoppolo. They're losing. Garoppolo isn't winning them games. They're two and four now. Garoppolo is trash. He throws it, you know, 40% of his targets go to one guy. And that's creating easy interceptions for the defense. Jimmy Garoppolo is bad. He is a problem in San Francisco. And the fear of putting in Trey Lance is, you know, we'll lose some games. We'll lose more games than we watch. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't winning you these games. So you might as well hand the keys over in a few weeks to Trey Lance and really get a jump start on seeing what you've got in him. Now, I know for some reason, Shanahan loves trading up and drafting people and then never playing them. Trey Sermon. What the heck happened there? You trade up for Trey Sermon and then give him one game where he looked good? It makes no sense. Dante Pettis, that happened. It's happening with Brandon Ayuk. So, you know, there's a chance this doesn't happen. But I think, I believe, and I think what should happen, Jimmy Garoppolo should be traded before the deadline. The 49ers should try to get something out of Garoppolo, draft picks, offensive line, whatever. Get something out of Garoppolo. He's not in your future plans for this team and figure out what you've got in Trey Lance. I think it will happen. 
It might not, but I think it will happen. To me, that makes sense. And if Trey Lance gets called up to start here in a few weeks, he will go wild in fantasy. Do you know why? Because he's got some good weapons and he has a, a good play caller usually and he will run the ball a lot. He's played in two games. In one of those games, he played only half the game and he ran the ball seven times for 41 yards and he finished the day with 20 points. Oh yeah. Week five, when he played against Arizona, he finished the game with 14 points and he had 192 pass yards and a pick. He didn't score a touchdown, but he ran the ball 16 times for 89 yards. That's 8.9 points right there. And he was about an inch away from getting 20 points with a rushing touchdown. So Trey Lance, roster him. He doesn't really take anything up on your team. Just roster him. I think we'll get a start at some point this season. And if we get to the end of the season and Trey Lance is the starter, week 15, first week of playoffs, he gets Atlanta. Week 16, he gets Tennessee. Their defense has been bad most of the season. Week 17, the Super Bowl weekend of fantasy football. Guess who Trey Lance gets to play? The Houston Texans. So pick up Trey Lance and stash him for when the inevitable happens. All righty. That was a little fun little monologue we did. Uh, moving back to um, the, uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, you need to pick up Kenneth Gainswell. We don't really know how bad Miles Sanders' ankle sprain is. It might be pretty wild. I'm seeing some things. It's a low ankle sprain, escape it low. It would have been much worse if it were a high ankle sprain. If he comes back at some point before week 12, I still think he's a great buy low option because then he gets the Giants, the Jets, Washington, Giants, Washington, and he'll win you your league again. Man, I can't wait. To, to see those teams playing Miles Sanders and Miles Gaskin and Trey Lance winning Super Bowls. Absolutely disgusting. Hate that it happens. But it happens every year. It really does happen every year. I've been playing fantasy football. This is my 13th year, and it really happens every year. Those garbage, garbage things happen. But, but take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Okay. What's next? What else do we want to talk about? Detroit. I don't want to talk about Detroit. Swift is great. End of story. Nothing else there. Uh, I think we can talk about... Let's talk about Chicago for a second. Fields looked so bad. This was against a terrible secondary, and he couldn't do anything. Three interceptions, three fumbles. I mean, he looked pathetic. Uh, he gets San Francisco and then Pittsburgh. Things aren't going to get much better for Fields. Uh, Matt Nagy is a terrible play caller, but Fields doesn't really look great right now. So, I mean, you're not starting him. Herbert, Khalil Herbert, that is the lone bright spot on this offense. He has looked great now three weeks in a row when he runs. You know, he came in week five. He had 18 carries for 75 yards, 4.7 yards a carry. Green Bay, he got, you know, 19 carries for 97 yards, five yards a carry and a touchdown. And then week seven against Tampa Bay, a good rushing defense, 100 yards, 5.56 yards, a carry, and then 32 on five receptions through the air. Khalil Herbert, as long as he is the starter in this offense, which is as long as uh, Montgomery is out, he is someone who should be starting in lineups. And when Montgomery comes back, Herbert will be involved. Herbert will be involved. It will be a one-two punch, which is scary for David Montgomery. And I think you should try to not make a move for Montgomery because uh, because of Herbert's emergence. 
but Herbert will be involved and Montgomery will not have the workload that we'd hoped for. Leonard Fournette on the other side of the ball, absolute beast. We talked about it what last year. Last year, he was a, a profit-approved player until he got traded and didn't start. But I, this isn't a victory lap even. I just want to say, do you all finally see why I didn't think Leonard Fournette sucked last year? He looks good. He's a good player. He's a good pass catcher, a good runner, good on the goal line, good pass blocker. He's a good player. Can we all just say sorry to Leonard Fournette for doubting him so much in the past? All right, Mike Evans, massive game. Godwin, massive game. As long as Brown and um, Gronk are out, those two will have big games. Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. (sighs) Allen Robinson, you can be dropped. I would recommend dropping Allen Robinson. You can't trade him for anything. He's a number 64 ranking wide receiver. He has one game over 10 points in a PPR league. Uh, You can drop Allen Robinson. Light a candle in ceremony and drop him. Save yourself the headache. And then Indianapolis, San Francisco. We talked about San Francisco about, uh, about what's his face? Trey Lance. Uh, I will say Debo Samuel, as long as... What's his face? Jimmy Garoppolo starting, which I don't think will be much longer. He's a must start because they force him the ball to a fault. But as long as Garoppolo starting, Debo Samuel is a must start. I would actually personally try to sell high on Debo because I don't think Garoppolo will be starting much longer. And when Trey Lance comes in, that will hurt Debo a lot. So try to capitalize on Debo's big time uh, uh, ability lately, you know. 30 points, 16 points, 10 points, 35, 16, 20. Try to capitalize on that and send Debo away before the change in quarterback happens. All righty. On Indianapolis, I want to say one thing. Michael Pittman is legit. He's legit. And as long as they actually pepper him with targets, which I think could start happening, he gets Tennessee, Jets, Jacksonville. Then he gets in week 12, Tampa Bay and Houston. He will be great. He's built like a wide receiver one. He reminds me a lot of Michael Thomas. And I think that he will continue to produce at a pretty high level this season. And next year, he's going to be one of the profit-approved players. Next year, Pittman will be profit-approved and drafted in every league. So keep that in mind, Michael Pittman. All right, we covered most of the big, big things. Uh, Most of the players that everyone wanted to hear about. Uh, I, I didn't talk about all the you know, common sense things as much. Jerry Judy's coming back. I forgot to talk about. Uh, I wouldn't start him this week. I'd wait a week because it's a high ankle sprain and those get re-aggravated. But wait a week and then start Jerry Judy because he's great. Okay. Oh, well, we talked about Javante Williams on the last podcast. So I'll skip it out. I still like him. All right. Now, everyone, before I go, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I want to remind you all to go drop a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen. I really do appreciate the five-star reviews. They help the podcast show up in search results and stuff. So I really do appreciate that. But thank you, as always, for listening. And I will see you tomorrow or Wednesday, whenever we get something more to talk about.